and welcome to Writing About Dragons and Shit, a podcast where two authors and a writer get together and talk about the ways that they tell stories. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, your resident writer and podcaster from such shows as I'm Gonna Podcast and Difficulty Class, and with me each week are two amazing people who are... I am Aaron, Aaron M. Evans. I am a fantasy writer and best known for Empire of Exiles and the Brimstone Angel Saga. Yeah. I'm B-Day Waltoys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a jingle now, apparently. You do, yeah. Uh, Amanda Mavis, home. biggest fan. Yep. <laughs> just hanging out with B. Dave and all of a his pocket. I'm B. Dave Walton. <laughs> sure. Not gonna lie, that's how that's what's going on in my head when I walk into a room. Won't, won't lie. <laughs> I had a good day at the gym today. I felt cute. So yeah, that's. that's I, I yeah. did like Love that it. you posted the felt it. cute might delete later. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I missed that. Oh, it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 uh, it has not become the the might time. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm uh well uh today's uh topic we want to talk about because we felt like it it worked with one of the the recent ones we did about getting a writing habit and uh this is uh purposefully improving uh your writing Mm -hmm. uh and uh yeah i I think i'm just gonna pass over to you all to be like where do you want to start with this we kind of talked about the fact that it's just putting words on the page is a vital component to input (laughs) Stop it. <laughs> stop it. Um, I did see the picture of Teen You, which is also adorable. That was adorable. <laughs> I, I'm yeah. too old to be doing this at that. <laughs> the, for, well, for listeners, which is all of you, it's just the fanning yes. motion. Yes, that's true. Um, the, it's it's Auga eyes, like a, like a cartoon wolf. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. As of the day of this recording, my mom randomly started sending me old pictures, and so I started posting them. Oh. Um, one of the things we've talked about is you you got to get the words on the page to improve but one thing that we've discussed not here with you dear friend is that the act of just getting the words on the page doesn't mean you improve and i've i've encountered especially in some of the writing classes i've taught people that are like i've written five novels and i'm like you sure like (laughs) in english and stuff (laughs) You know, like you, you need to be mindful of the craft in in your place in it. So that's why we wanted to talk about. I do, this I do realize today. that that we we kind of I think feel like we kind of subconsciously avoid ever saying the craft. Like with this, that's not something that's said a lot on this show. <laughs> well, we should change it, maybe. Hmm? Yeah. Well, Important part of your writing, excellent movie. Which yeah. Seems like a important. I'll- all true. <laughs> also of a time of that picture that I posted of me at prom. Um, <laughs> it, it's, um, I think, hopefully, when you go back and you read things you've written before, you see ways that you could do it better. Mm. Uh, I've gone on record multiple times. I'll, I'll tell you something that happened to me this very week that you two beautiful people uh, haven't heard yet. Ooh. So getting some traction with some screenplays, um, th- th- things are moving quite well. And of course, you know, the, the inevitable talk of, well, what, what's the next thing you've got, uh, comes up. And I went back and, and one of the things that I recommend every single person do, if you don't do this, is just keep an idea document mm-hmm. where you just, I have an idea that it's literally pages and pages of one sentence that it's literally just like, it's things like people can't die. Mm. That's all it says. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's all it says. And sometimes as I go and I look at it, it's a solid enough idea for an entire story. 
sometimes it ends up being a premise for a character in another story like it gets condensed but uh, yeah. but i have a specific place that every time i'm like what if cats all spoke german i have one place I can play. <laughs> and so i go back and i'm reading that and and while i say hopefully you should see how you can do things better i go back and i read all my stuff and i'm like man this shit is dope <laughs> <laughs> look at you bro you know <laughs> yeah yeah even when you're like, because uh, in there's times that I'm like, there's I couldn't have said it any better than that. But but I think, obviously, you can always improve in things like vocabulary. You can always improve in things like grammar. But the first thing I would say before I pass the mic to Aaron is when you go back and you look at things that you've written previously. And I mean, if you started a week ago, look at what you wrote a week ago. If you mm -hmm. started 10 years ago, look at what you wrote 10 years ago. Oh Lord. And ask yourself, what were you trying to say? You know, and how would you do it now? And how can you do it better? Because you're going to feel the exact same way 10 years from now about what you wrote today, where you're like, mm -hmm. oh, little bro, I see what you were doing. <laughs> 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 um, That's a hope, right? Yeah. Like, one would hope. One would hope. Like, this kind of started because I had a friend who was feeling like she wasn't like she wasn't really doing a very good job writing, like she wasn't feeling very confident. And aside from the fact that we can say like, well, actually, I think your writing's really good, and look at all this success you've had. There's also this other piece which you can kind of flip that on your head. Like if you're not having the success you want, or you're not writing as like the quality that you want there are things you can do to intentionally improve in the same way that like, you know, if you're going to go to the gym, like, okay, here's an example that's not writing. I started running a while back and uh, I've hated running all my whole entire life. I'm so bad at it. Uh, and what I realized was like, I had to learn to run slow because I would still be the seven-year-old trying to sprint and getting winded and wanting to vomit. That's not going to help. And then, okay, so I learned how to run and get some endurance. And then I kind of hit a wall because there's all these like muscles you have to build or something yep. to get better at it. And yep. so that's the kind of thing, like you might hit the end of your sort of like, you know, natural ability to intuit how to do this better. And so then going and saying, I need to work on this specific muscle will help you get extend that range right and and the hope is that that you know unlike with the physical limitations of your body <laughs> there's like maybe less less of a hard line for your writing skill i don't know but i, I would yes please sorry i interrupted you sorry um, but I, that you know setting that aside so like what can we do to like to extend that uh that sort of skill inclined because ideally like you said in 10 years you'll look back and go like oh i like what you were doing here you, see what you're going for. <laughs> you know what sucks also is that style thing that mm -hmm. there there's people who have written things and sold millions of copies which i feel is unreadable i told you cormac mccarthy's yeah. unreadable to me <laughs> stephen king is borderline unreadable to me um you know and, and it's like <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm dying in my passion. Um, you, you, <laughs> you, you have in this arena in particular, you have a world where maybe you have a style and you got to stick to it. And that's rough. That's rough. Because in the NBA, you know what I mean? Everybody's got a shooting style, but the ball goes in the basket or it doesn't. Yeah. 
And if you're 0 for 9 from the line being like, but I got my way of shooting, it's like, bro, you don't, you know? Well, <laughs> um, and, and some of that is like, maybe you need to try out a different thing to sort of figure out how do you how do you merge your style with like what you can sell to an audience, right? Because mm-hmm. um, it might be that like, you've got a really, like, I, I, I don't remember exactly where I heard this, but I remember reading at one point, I think it was Elizabeth Bear. When she started out, she had a really hard time getting people to pick up her stuff. Mm-hmm. And what she did was she sort of like kind of worked backwards and found a sort of like entry level her, right? Here is here is something that is how I write, but is also how I write in a way that is going to be kind of like accessible. And so she gets this buy-in because when people know that you have other books, they're more inclined to give you the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. right? If you're coming in from the cold and you're like, I wrote a book there's there's this like gamble like are people gonna buy it right so she like kind of worked up to a place where she can be sort of a little more what what is herself now again like i don't remember i read this so my apologies if this is a lie um but that sort of that could be part of it right like if you're having a really hard time selling people on your style like it is worth kind of going okay can i adapt this to something that has like a little bit lower buy-in if that specifically is your problem but there is also the fact that not everybody is going to like what you do right yeah i am always 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 going to get readers who go i am so fucking confused because Mm. of the way that i the stories i choose to tell and the way i tell them like it's a fucking roller coaster you need to get in the car and go along for the ride and some people that is not how they want to do this they want to know the tropes they're getting and when they don't get the tropes they're getting they're like everything's going the wrong way and i have motion sickness and i hate this okay that's fine it's not for you that's okay yep so that's a thing to separate out right like it could be that you just need but, you know, you might be at a point where you're you're you've got a you've got a, a type of story and a style of story, and you're just kind of looking for the person who gets it enough to get it out there. But for everybody, everybody, there's a long path of figuring out how to hone that and improve that and get yourself to that kind of higher level. Um, I wrote down just now some things because i did suggest this and then i forgot to do my homework and figure out what i I too have notes but your notes are longer than my notes (laughs) i'm just here to ask questions can i just insert my i literally have one note can i just insert one note and then and then um one thing that we've discussed many times and we'll discuss many times in the future is consuming media like a writer yes you know that um if you feel like something has good dialogue Um, by our powers combined (laughs) well it's it's if you you start paying attention to both what you like and what you do not like and what you consume what works and what doesn't and then try and figure out how you can adapt it it's like bruce lee said you know add what is useful discard what is useless add what is distinctively your own you know like um in andor like this the dialogue of andor is just magnificent like there's so many people say things and i'm Mm. like god damn that was a great line (laughs) and most of the time i would tweet them i'm like that was such a great line you know um but but also if you watch something and it just doesn't quite work or if there's something that you love but most people don't like if there's like a cult what what is it that you see and then start trying to pull things apart and see how they're assembled you know look look for the connective tissue and how you can adapt it okay i'm done yeah 
no, I think that's an excellent point. And again, that's like three of these, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you read books and yeah. and Mark, I honestly, I know that I'm going to make you guys scream a little bit, but I have taken books and written in the margins. Why, why did the author do this thing? Mm-hmm. What is this paragraph for? What yeah. is this thing doing? Why is this dialogue here? And thinking about it in that kind of like craft, craftsman-like uh aspect like why do we put these things together can help you build that skill of like looking at it like like a writer right Mm -hmm. you're not looking at a piece of furniture and going yeah that's a really nice table you're looking at the joints you're looking at the wood they chose you're looking at the way that they've attached the legs right that's the extent of my knowledge about furniture building so (laughs) like that's kind of part of it so (laughs) And I think that's a really good point too. Like, like reading thing, looking at things that you like that other people don't, but also stuff that other people like that you don't. Man, I read Twilight because I was like, "What is the deal here?" And I mm-hmm. still don't like Twilight, but I kind of <laughs> get what it did that was hooking people people's mm. brains, right? Because obviously, like, like this is the thing: when things are popular and we don't like them, it's tempting to go, "Everybody's stupid." Mm-hmm. But people don't read bad things because it's painful and awful. Yeah. Like there's mm-hmm. something about it. Yeah. And it's worth mm-hmm. you pulling it out. Um, Let me just insert one thing. Yeah. I know people that are like, if something's popular, I don't like it because it's popular. Those people are pretentious douchebags. <laughs> Fuck those people. You know what I mean? I mean I, I, look, man, if a movie makes a billion dollars, if a book sells 10 million copies, like there's probably something there. Yeah. It may not be your thing. Yeah. Yes. You know? The, the, but, like, the, the, that's yeah. with, with freaking Avatar. Like Avatar is not my jam. Like the, the, the movie. Like I yeah. saw it, I was just like, oh, Okay, uh, but it made a fucking billion dollars at the box mm-hmm. office. Like you don't number two is the like best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you you listeners, you deserve success. Mm-hmm. And so it is worth looking at things that are successful and going, what is it about this that people are grabbing onto? Now, in a lot of cases, the answer is excellent marketing plan. Yeah. That's life. But there's also Mm -hmm. something else there because things can be marketed really well and then fall flat on their faces. Like, man, I mm, nothing's popping in my head immediately, but sometime through the course of this, I'm going to remember some stuff. And then we're all going to go, oh, damn, yeah, that was terrible. Well, I I, I mean, here's what, like, everyone has a Marvel movie they hate, but, like, Mm -hmm. Marvel advertises the living hell out of those things and, you know, puts a ridiculous amount of marketing and press tours and everything behind it. That movie's still going to suck for someone. Yeah. (laughs) That's what PNA, the print and advertising in this day and age, is equal to the cost of the movie, of the budget. And then yeah. so they just, hey, quick insert a little bit of the movie business in case you didn't know. <laughs> so uh, when you hear like ridiculous numbers, like how Avatar had to make almost $2 billion to break even, this this most recent one is probably closer to $1.4 billion, but needed over a billion dollars yeah. to break even. You're like, why? So... When you have the movie budget, you have the movie, how much money you made the movie for, assuming you told the truth, no one does. Um, <laughs> then <laughs> it, it goes to the theater. You usually split the revenue of the movie 50-50. However, 
it is kind of front loaded towards the opening weekend. The movie money goes back to the studio and the longer it runs, the more it um, favors the theaters. But sometimes that's mixed up, you know, like obviously Marvel's going to get very different terms than some art house movie that's like released in black and white with French subtitles. Right. Yeah. You might get the exact opposite where the theater gets more of the money. So there's always, always a, uh, almost always a certain amount of time before you even can make the money back. And the theaters keep a big, 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 big chunk. Then add to that the fact that you've probably spent as much as you spent on the movie on print and advertising, like Trevor was just saying. Each individual region of the world that you release it in, oftentimes you have to pay a certain percentage, not just to the theaters, but to the government of that country. Uh, and they take a big chunk out of it as well. So you actually need to make quite a lot to get it to roll back to the house. Um, to actually get to keep any of it. Sorry, a little detour there. Movies oh, on the brain. Fascinating. Yeah, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah. well, uh, you, you were still going, though, with uh, with with ways of bringing in yeah, uh, so that taking first media step, and stuff. And I would take that. I would, the other thing, there's two other things I would throw in on that same kind of track. Um, one is there are authors out there um, if you're writing fiction and and scripts out there, if you're if you're working on that, um, who are known for particular aspects of their fiction, mm -hmm. right? People who are known for really excellent characters, and mm -hmm. people who are known for really strong plots, and people who are known for really excellent prose or dialogue, or interesting world building, and so thinking on those things and like what is it you want to work on what is it you want to improve and seeking out those authors and those authors i want to be really clear you may find people who are not in your genre yeah. like i found it very helpful at a point in my writing career to read a lot of elmore leonard elmore leonard is really known for very good dialogue and so going why is elmore leonard known for very good dialogue what is it about this dialogue well one thing is like he's really good at establishing voice like he doesn't use a lot of dialogue tags and he doesn't need to well how do you how is he establishing voice how do you know that this character is this character and that character is that character okay well what's here what's in this and i don't want to write snappy thrillers and historicals like this is not for me but it is still worthwhile reading it and and looking at other genres that put more emphasis on those things can help you also learn a lot about it like i've always said romance novels are great for romances but also for headspace because there is a lot of thinking about your problems <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of thinking about your problems and how do you make that interesting and how do you keep it focused right and and so branching out from what you are you know wanting to write and and i'm assuming if you're listening to a podcast called writing about dragons and shit you're probably <laughs> writing fantasy um and and a lot of fantasy writers i know really only read fantasy but branching out a little bit and sort of seeing like well how do they handle it in this genre and what do they do in this genre can also be really helpful the other thing is if you if you can get a critique partner reading stuff that is in the middle of being like finished and talking about how to make it do the thing they want it to do can be a really good exercise too because you're kind of like marking up what's not working in that case and then thinking what would it take to make it work and if you don't have anybody that you can do that with the internet is 
full of people's writing that maybe shouldn't be up quite yet, mm-hmm. but they're sharing. You don't need to tell anybody what your thoughts are. If they didn't ask for it, you shouldn't. Um, because in most cases, they don't care. Um, but you can read things that are, you know, clearly not quite finished and and think to yourself, like, what's not working here and what could be better? Um, I have found that that in in my career as a writer, the stuff that made my sort of critical abilities, my 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 ability to look at it and go, well, how do I do this and what can I do? The thing that made it jump the most was working where in positions where I read a lot of slush. I read a lot of unsolicited mm, manuscripts. Yeah. And uh, it is a brave thing to send manuscripts to someone to read, but a lot of them were just not ready. There's a lot of stuff in that slush pile that is got a lot of issues with it. <laughs> Being an editor and reading stuff that I'm having to go, why do I not want this on some level? Like it, it is really informative, right? You can see like, it's like, you know, trying to figure out how how a horse runs and when you see the horse going stiff-legged you're like well clearly it needs knees mm-hmm. right you're I like wanna, it I, I, I want to go back to some of my writing and just go clearly this needs knees <laughs> well, that, that was that was a question i, I had for you trievor mm-hmm. um uh, because you're not just eye candy here <laughs> <laughs> I know you've mentioned previous books that you've written in the past that you kind of put in the drawer. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go back and look at them now, I mean, do they seem like um, they're not fully fleshed out? Were they better than you thought? Um, you know, um, to be fair, the only one that I've really gone back to is the the first one that I wrote. I actually ha- uh, I have the other ones over there and recently uh, thought about breaking them out and taking a look at them because those were written in, you know, the last like five years that sounds right um what even is time god only knows <laughs> time mm-hmm. is a pizza um but the the when i go back and look at the the first one you know i go back to that one because you know it's sitting pretty on the shelf because i got it bound and stuff um and when i look at it it's it's so different from from me like i can still like i can hear bits of my voice in it uh but it yeah, no, there's just so many things I'm like, nope, I would do this different. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Nope, this is that's not a good time to do this. This has no point being in here. Like I, I'm I'm reading it and just like second grade teacher taking a red pen to it <laughs> in my head. You know, it's um I think there there is something that we would be remiss if we didn't point out here too, which mm-hmm. is paralysis by analysis. I mean, yeah. it, it, it it is it is possible to over sharpen the blade. You know, which uh, if you when we talked about NaNoWriMo and when we talked about just um, a longer term writing goal, that's one of the main reasons why I so zealously advocate for just put it in a drawer for a month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, you can't see it right. Like, literally, you can't see it right. That's that's why it's like so hard to to edit your own work, because your brain will show you what you meant. Yeah. You know, (laughs) the, the only way around that is some time and distance. Yeah. And I think, too, the other thing is like move on to a different project mm-hmm. it's very easy to just kind of keep working on the same thing for years and years and years and be like this is the one but you have other ideas and you i promise yeah. um so 
Oh, I had a thought and it sort of went right out of my head. Well, well the the to to kind of illustrate that point, I mean, kind of live on this show, I realized like, oh shit, like I'm I need I need to trunk this novel. Um and that I've been continuously working on over and over and over again and it's not going anywhere. And when I sat down to start working on this new project, uh I mean I I I, I told Aaron, like, I got way more done way quicker than I thought that I could ever do uh, mm -hmm. where I was just making decisions and going, yep, that fits there. This fits here. Yep. Yep. Done, 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 done. Uh, it, it almost felt like I was following a Lego instruction. <laughs> because <laughs> because all those muscles. Yeah. The worst thing you write is still better than the best thing you did not write. Oh yeah. Like it, it, it is just get it out of your head on the page. Just get it out of your head onto the page. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the more you're second guessing in the whole process. And I don't mean like some major structural thing, you know, it's like, mm, I was writing a Dracula reboot and at no point have I ever mentioned what a vampire is. Shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, you, you're missed it. You're missing a, a foundation post you know other than that just get it out and get it done because yeah. that it i know everybody always says writing is rewriting and i hate it because my whole life that has never been true but everybody else <laughs> says that enough that it must be true so there you go true for some of us. That's, yeah writing writing is rewriting well i, I i've as i shared with you all my process although my process has changed i want to share my new process Ooh. with you here well, I'm test driving a new process and mm. getting good results. Um, but historically, I would write late into the night and I would just write till I couldn't anymore. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like until I'm about to fall asleep at the keyboard. So I would start the next day and just back up like three pages. You know what I mean? Yeah. And be like, is this English anymore? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, let, me, let me let me sort of adjust that. But that also How often kinda... was it like, and then they went and then it's just A for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I wake up with the Z key stuck to my nose. Well, it, it had the dual function of one, tightening up when I started to get a little sloppy, but two, it was kind of a rolling start for the next day yeah. because yeah. it was like, oh, that's where I was. And I was back in it. So what I've started doing recently, and I think, Erin, you do this. I think you do yeah. this. Is the Pomodoros? You do Pomodoros, I don't do, you? do, yeah, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's con yep. my show, Concentration Check. Hey. That you is. You're doing Pomodoros on Twitch. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I, I'd never tried it. If you're not familiar, a Pomodoro is you work for 25 minutes, then you take a five-minute break, and then you work for 25 minutes, and you take a five-minute break, once you've done that four times, you take a longer break, like 15 to 30 minutes, and then you do it again. Uh, and there is some some very real and legitimate neuroscience behind it, just your ability to pay attention and, and sustain for, for longer than that. What I find, so uh, full disclosure, but beyond the scope of explaining why, for a lot of reasons, I was just in a slump in 2022. 2022 was rough. Mm -hmm. Last half, especially the last quarter of 2022, mm -hmm. really rough. It was just hard making stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, getting some of this traction with the screenplays and people being like, what else have you got? And being like, you know, the dude, shady dude that opens the coat full of screenplays, <laughs> like, what else would you like? Um, <laughs> it's kind of gotten me excited again. So I think I'm sort of like riding that wave in addition to it. But I started doing the Pomodoros. And what I find is when the 25 minutes is up, I want to keep going. But you have to stop after 50 minutes. You have to. Even if you're like super in the zone, you don't have to interrupt. But if you're still in the zone, it's like, no. Because the, the whole point is kind of to always quit while you've got a little more in the tank. Because mm -hmm. then you come back and you can sort of like jump jump out at it again. And um, 
as a part of that, I'm working on three screenplays simultaneously. <laughs> wow. Well, my plan, uh, you know, because I've I, I brought up the thing about multiple projects before, and I'm sort of like incrementally doing it like in parallel. Well, like here's the foundation, here's the framework. And for me, that's sort of like assembling the idea, even, even roughly, what do I want to happen? You know, it's like, what even is the Incredible Hulk? You know, like, well, there's a guy and he kind of gets hit by gamma radiation and then he kind of turns into a rage monster. So <laughs> coming, coming up, even just what even is the idea? Yeah. Then uh, coming up with the beats, as we've discussed, you know, kind of the bones of the narrative. Then as part of my process, I have a slightly more involved version of that where you flesh it out even more. I kind of actually have it all the way down to the page, to tell you the truth, on each page that this individual things need to happen to kind of make sure you kind of have a good arc. Mm -hmm. And then once I'm done with that, the plan is to sort of write which one is speaking to me, you know? Um, whichever one's calling my name that day, that's the one I chop away at un until it's finished. So, nice. but it's nice. Yeah, mm. but however, Pomodoros, if you haven't tried it, look into it. Mm-hmm. Aaron and Mevin does it, so it must be cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, come join me on Monday at 1.30 p.m. Pacific on Dungeon Scrollers, twitch.tv slash Dungeon Scrollers, and you can do Pomodoros with me and watch me make writing faces. They're very entertaining. <laughs> They're very entertaining writing faces. Aaron's faces i mean she's objectively beautiful dear listener if you haven't seen erin and evan she's gorgeous <laughs> but it's expressive it's expressive yes was genetically <laughs> born without a poker face like the, the, <laughs> the mental gymnastics of whatever is happening in her head it is on her face and it is a wonder to watch those are some fucking like back handsprings i'm just gonna say <laughs> when i'm writing um <laughs> So I remembered the thing I was going to say, and mm -hmm. it tied into uh, the the analysis paralysis by analysis thing, um, which is this. I used to work for uh, small press, and the uh, the one of the publishers, uh, Karen Long, who is a sci-fi writer, mm -hmm. um, t was telling me about how she has this sort of theory of like you have your critical faculties and you have your creative faculties. And what I've noticed is that you seldom are building, you have to kind of build them separately. Um, and so what happens for a lot of writers is you start writing and your creative faculties are very high. Like you love writing and you, everything's on the page, pouring out, it's golden, good it's great. It's good feeling. Um, at some point, you develop enough of a critical eye to look at it and go, oh, this is also shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. And... And so then that's building up. And especially if you if you've gotten into a place where you were, you know, I remember being a little little baby writer, little high school baby writer and going to the library and checking out all the how to write books. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're at the point where you're checking out the how to write books, which we should, maybe we should talk about, but um, mm -hmm. you're 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 definitely in that zone, right? And you're building this understanding of of like what it could be, but your creative faculties are kind of down low here, right? And and what I have seen happen to people is that they get this understanding of what it means to be good at writing and they get stuck there. And and if you find that you're reading things and hating everything, um, if talking about books or writing is just talking about how terrible everything is, 
really look at yourself. And if you're not producing anything, if you're not yeah. creating anything, mm-hmm. you may be stuck in this sort of critical valley. And the reality is the only way out is through. You have to switch over and start writing stuff. And that stuff might be shit. But the more you do it, the more you will pull that knowledge over and put it into play. Um, that isn't that. And this is sort of there's a little bit of like it'll bleed over like without necessarily doing it on purpose, but there are purposeful things you can do. But when you are in that place where you're starting to understand a lot of like what what it could be, what you want out of your writing, like you need to keep moving and keep working on it and keep writing things with that boiling up in your head, because that is a, that is definitely a problem. Like people get stuck and they can't get out and then they stop doing it. Like that's, I don't know. If you don't want to write, you really shouldn't because it's very time consuming and occasionally stressful. And there's a lot of hobbies that don't do that. <laughs> Some hobbies that don't do that. Some I hobbies. Think. Maybe. No, it might be know. a personality issue. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I will. Yeah. Some people, um, and it can be um, somewhat generational. I'm not here to dog on anybody younger than me. Um, <laughs> If they're not instantly good at something, that is grounds to give that thing up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I like, have that in some in some areas. Nobody's good at it. Let me let me yeah. let me put it like this. If you're instantly good at something, that thing isn't worth doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even even if you have a very natural talent, you might be advanced for a beginner. Yeah. But you're not going to be the best in the world at literally anything that isn't dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. first time you try it. So <laughs> Oh God. Dumb. I just remembered uh, out of nowhere a quote from freaking Scrubs mm. that was uh, nothing in this uh, life is worth doing if it comes easy. Yep. I, I always liked that one. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> yep. And that's yep. like, this is just, yeah, it's that reality. Like, look around, look at your very favorite writers and yep. you know look at their stories very mm-hmm. few of them are like oh well i wrote my first book and i sent it off to an agent and the agent signed me <laughs> and then immediately sold it three days later like i don't think that's ever happened i'll, I'll leave open the door of possibility but you're, and... you're being incredibly smug in a way if you think that's supposed to happen to you and i know you don't mean to also <laughs> the times that lightning does kind of strike for a person the cliche person that gets discovered in the mall or whatever very 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 rarely do they do it twice yeah you know yeah, what's that what's the what's the name of the kid that wrote the book about the dragon um uh, christopher, christopher Polini. Polini. Yep. yeah yeah you know he's sort of it, I, my impression is he's kind of like like turned back worked on his craft and like oh yeah no he, stuff again right? yeah he's he's doing but a yeah. sci-fi series right now that's that's a thing though like people who get especially with with writing like people a lot of times when people get success very young and very quickly, like they don't build those those sort of skills. They did the thing and, those and muscles. the thing was shiny. And then, yeah, it's like you can't do it again. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, winning your first 5K because a cheetah was chasing you. Like, <laughs> cool, that's not happening again. And and it's okay. Like if you, if, you, if you fail, that tells you what you need to do next. I used to teach science classes after school for kids. And one of the experiments was like, I'd give them a piece of paper and I'd say, make a paper airplane. And, and the kids wouldn't know how to make paper airplanes, some of them, and they would just like fold a thing and then they'd throw it. And some of them would go real far and some of them would just crash. And I'd be like, everybody succeeded in finding something out about 
like paper airplanes and what makes an airplane fly. And that's the goal of experimenting fundamentally is to find out something that you didn't know before. Mm -hmm. And so like, keep that in mind too. Like if you're writing and it's coming out kind of crappy, but you're trying new things, like you're moving in the right direction. I heard yesterday that paper planes um, predate actual planes and it kind of messed up my whole week, honestly. <laughs> that it's, it's not what, like the plane came before the thing. Yeah. What yeah. did they call it before? I don't know. That's fascinating. I like, love like it. A, a paper dirigible? I don't know. Um, Here's something I never thought I'd Google. When what? did um, paper airplanes what? start? I heard it's uh, unproven. You know the the, inter the internet's a checkered place. So but in, I could, you know, um, though, like you could totally imagine, like I don't know, I don't know. Papyrus might be too heavy, but I could totally imagine some little scribes with like some scrap papyrus they're practicing on, and they mm -hmm. move around and fold it up, and they find it's a way to make like, it fly. Yeah, kids are kids, right? Kids have been kids this whole time. Let me say uh, another thing, uh, especially talking about if if success comes too early and too easily. I just saw an interview with Lee Child, who wrote Jack Reacher and all that, who mm -hmm. was like, not only are you not too old to start writing, it's actually probably advantageous because mm -hmm. you have more experience and more context. Yeah. You just have more to draw on. Um, yeah. to be able to put into your stories. I, I, I remember at one point I'd said a goal that I wanted to like be sending out stuff to try and get published in 2010. And my God, am I glad I didn't do that. <laughs> I told you about the stuff that I tried to submit to Dragon Magazine when I was like a kid. <laughs> and I was like, Chris Perkins, I'm sorry, bro. Again, I imagine you pulled my little handwritten notebook paper out of the envelope with like jelly stains and shit on it. You know? I'm like, I was trying though. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I made it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wanted to say something about that quit. when you were talking uh, one thing i do not believe exists two things i do not believe exists are the overnight success and the self-made person everybody has help everybody's put in work i bet that kid whose name you just told me and i already lost but i did remember it was Aragorn, well, the, the series that you wrote yeah. well even though that kid blew up young i almost certain almost certain that the very first time he put pencil to paper ever in his life was probably not Aragorn. Maybe oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But it's yeah. improbable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, if yeah. I if I if I remember the his story correctly, yeah, he actually did write a couple of books, and then that was the one that he decided he wanted to try and get published. And he was fourteen, and his family tried their absolute Maybe best they to suddenly published it. If, they, if I remember correctly, yeah, they I, I published it, and they drove around selling it. Yep. Because he yeah. homeschooled. And it yeah. did really well. I mean, like when things sometimes when things do really well in the self-publishing sphere, they get picked up, right? And yep. hey, this is like yep. this is getting picked up, and it has this great story behind it that we can market. And ta-da! Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so on that yeah. note, I do want to also talk briefly about things like writing classes mm -hmm. um, and workshops, and I would even stretch that to writing uh, like books about writing. Mm -hmm. um and i think there's a one big caveat that goes over all of these mm -hmm. um which is that nobody has the secret code oh, that God, gets no. you through this nope yeah so do not at any point you know like i i had a good experience i uh so i went to college i uh took a bunch of writing classes uh i would have a writing minor but i didn't declare it on time so uh i don't but that's okay i still did the work i Literally. had a really good time 
I had a really, I learned a lot in that, in that process. Um, other friends of mine, like Susan is a great example. Mm -hmm. Susan took writing classes and found them incredibly horrible and would not recommend them in general mm -hmm. because what she got was a teacher who was like, you're not writing like I write. And so oh. your writing is incorrect. So who is teaching your class is going to be a huge factor. Oh, God, I, so I would true. be remiss if I didn't point out the fact that I have a writing course you out do. right now, 14 yes. Day Writer, pinned at the top of my Twitter at Dave Walters, but also it is undisputedacademy.com forward slash 14 Day Writer. I'm pretty sure is it. And in the um, description below. And all I said in it is I will save you some time, basically. Mm -hmm. I'm all like, here's some ways the, to streamline and get there. Did, yeah. did, I, did I, real quick, did I ever tell you all like the worst English teacher I have ever had? No, but I like I where know. this is headed. Um, I had an English teacher in college, first day class. She was like, okay, I'm going to do uh, an action and I want you all to write, uh, describe me doing it. And she uh, walked over, picked up a piece of paper, walked back over to a podium and set it down. And I wrote it like I was writing everything at the time in writer mode. And, I, and she picks me to read mine out loud and I do. And she looks at me and goes, you're a writer, aren't you? And I went, yeah. And she goes, I don't like you. <laughs> Very, it's like, don't get mad very... at me because her dreams didn't work out, lady. <laughs> what, was the, what was her goal with that? I have no idea. I'm so confused by this entire exercise. She then moved on to something else, and I went, okay. So, first of all, you didn't deserve that, by the way. And, and I like you, and you've already done more than that lady did. Was um, she having a stroke or something? No fucking idea. I dropped that class super quick. <laughs> you know, it, it, one, one of the things that is difficult... Um, about teaching is you know people joke about those that can't do teach but it but it is a different it is a different skill set yeah. it can be related uh -huh. but it's different you know to to know why and how a thing works and yeah, to be able absolutely. to do that thing although there is some overlap but one of the things that i, I talk about with uh aaron is like one of my issues um is like dealing with publishers and readers and things like that. It's like, if I don't respect you and your opinion, then your criticism is meaningless to me. <laughs> and that's always a challenge, you know what I mean? That it's like, now, if I respect you, great, sure, rip it to pieces. But I'm like, well, I don't know you. And it's like, I don't like this. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, cool story. Great, yeah. It's like, so I'll put you down for bad taste. Got it. So this is like a, like a factor. There's also like, they cost money. Yeah. So that might not be in the cards for you. And they take time, right? Um, there are some, for fantasy, there are some like really excellent workshops that you can go to. Clarion and Clarion West are the big, big ones. Uh, there's a Taos Toolbox and Odyssey uh, and uh, one that is not coming out of my brain right now. Uh, I'll think of it later. Yeah, um, anyway, there are a number of these, right? And they are going to like generally focus on short stories and they are generally going to have a certain flavor to them, right? Um, and they might be what they, I mean, they might be what you need, but again, like Clarion West takes six weeks and you got to take six weeks to just go write short stories. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, that might be something and you, you have to audition to get into a lot of these. So that's another factor. Um, but anyway, so taking, taking a writing class, like those are some of the aspects. And, and one thing that, that I would say to look for is like, like, okay, what I thought was good about the writing courses I took is that they were very focused on like 
specific aspects of craft and talking about why they worked. And so we would have readings that were specific about like, you know, um, setting or dialogue. And then we would have exercises that were like, write a story and you, uh, the focus is your, your character from your first assignment is dying. Right. And so what is important in their life, right? Here is the end of their character arc in all possible ways. And so what are the pieces that are important? Or like it's a setting thing and they're like, well, what's in their nightstand? Now write a story where you need to talk about what's in their nightstand and think about what are the objects in this space or it's dialogue and you're not allowed to use any kinds of tags in this. So how are you going to make sure you keep it straight between these characters? And so those kinds of exercises you can find in other places. Um, having them in a class means you're going to get, usually you'll get a critique setting and you'll get to discuss other people's work. And once again, there's going to be assholes in that circle who don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. But know that going in and and some of those people are going to be really clever and some of those people are going to see things in your work you weren't aware you were doing and that's great right mm -hmm. and you're going to get the benefit of looking at other people's stuff so if you can do it like that's what i'd look for like don't go to class do a class just because that you know the person teaching it you know maybe maybe it's a famous writer is teaching this class but being a writer and being a good teacher are different. Yeah. Um, and if you get the feeling that you're being told like there's a correct way and an incorrect way versus like here are things about about good writing that you should pick up and learn, um, that might not be for you, right? Um, this is, I, yeah. I will say, you know, this is how I feel about the comment section of the internet, which as we both <laughs> know is a landmine um, or a, a, land, a field of mines. Um, my thing is, if somebody, if I hear a negative comment once, I'm like, mm. that person's an asshole. I've been on the internet. Uh, if I hear it twice, some people have bad taste. You hear it three times, it's like, well, okay, let me let me look at this. Because am I, one, am I doing that thing? Or two, what am I doing that is coming across like that thing? Like, if you hear, you know, your your characterizations are shallow in your, in your, in your, um characters are i hate the word unlikable because sometimes you're not supposed to like it's them not but useful it's, yeah, it is yeah. not a useful it, uh, this, it's not mm, i am with you but, on this and i could rant about it well it's what well, it, it's it's difficult to get invested in your character's journey we'll that's say that useful. you know yeah that's like, useful it is it yeah. is difficult to invest in this character yep uh but it's like well then the question you got to ask yourself again is well are you doing that you know, right. step back. Are you doing that? And if you're not doing that, what are you doing that's coming across that way? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I notice certain through lines in the kind of characters that I write, um, but that doesn't necessarily bother me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, because I know what I like. Yeah. Um, so I, I, know, I know certain archetypes kind of repeat, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um uh, so, you know, maybe that's a thing you're doing or, or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. is if, if you got bad grammar, I mean, that's easier because the fix, because editors exist, but it, it's, uh, you know, your, your second act always like whatever yeah. it is, if you hear it a few times, that is something you really should flag. Yeah. And, and I would say too, like when you're getting, when you're getting or giving critique, like there's sort of different sort of like, let's say levels, right? Like, okay. Be Dave you love the uh the sort of 
the, the villain brought down by his own hubris where you're like, oh, you didn't have to go that way, man, but you did. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. So if I mean, I, I prefer once that villain wins, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I read it and I go, um, your space emperor isn't likable. That is my, that is solely an opinion about my experience reading it. And it's not yeah. useful to you at all. If yep. I go, I felt like I was supposed to invest in this space emperor and I didn't, that's more useful, right? Agreed. If I go, when I read this, I feel like what I'm being set up for is to want this character to succeed until I realize what he wants is incompatible with my own morality. And I feel that through these chapters, but when I get to here, I find myself too quickly wanting to get rid of him and being real interested in his spunky daughter. And I want her to succeed. And when we come back to him, I'm not into it. And I wonder if you moved that realization down a little bit, if it would give you what you're going for. That's a deeper explanation because you, because when I have that conversation, hopefully I know Ed what you are trying to do. And I trust that you are doing it for good reasons yep. and i'm not getting like because like oh my god i saw this comment guys i got a little tiny rant i saw this thread on reddit on the fan on, i think it was on fantasy reddit and people were talking about like what is what books do you hate what popular book do you hate right and i'm like okay i'll scroll and part of me is like man i want to get popular enough that i show up on one of these that'd be pretty great <laughs> uh, but i'm just curious right BRB going on reddit at, <laughs> at some point someone said as a previous aspiring author as a formerly aspiring author like or or like i hope there are no aspiring authors reading this and someone commented if you're an aspiring author this is good homework and fundamentally no it's not no it's not because yep. people's personal yucks and yums are not your problem yeah it's yep. not your problem yeah you yep. need to create a narrative that does the thing you're trying to do for enough people that you have an audience right mm-hmm. you yep. can kind of understand how human brains work but at the end of the day if i don't fucking like when when someone tries to make me feel sorry for a villain I'm never going for this story. There, there, yep. there is one specific book uh, that when brought up, like there's actually been times where people are like, oh, you like that book, right? And I'll say, no, I don't. And and they'll ask me why. I'm like, it doesn't genuinely matter because I'm not going to change your opinion and I, and you're not going to change mine. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm just not going to talk about it. <laughs> I, I will say with one exception that I think that could be useful. One which mm-hmm. is reading the one-star review on classics. You know what I mean? But <laughs> you know, no one is free from this. Those you know what fun. I mean? A, a, a I do defi- think that's, yeah. A defining moment that I had, which don't get me wrong, had me incandescently angry at the time, but in <laughs> retrospect, I like, I what did those fuckers class- write about Star Wars? I was in a cl- <laughs> worse, worse, worse. I was in a, cla- a Shakespeare class when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And the entire class agreed Romeo and Juliet weren't really in love because they were 14 and no one knows anything about love when they're 14. Oh, and that was the sole, con- that was the extent of the argument. And I was like, excuse me, no, 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 no. Um, this isn't just a love story. This is the love story. Yeah, like these like, fucking 14 Jesus. year olds were in love. I, like, that's the thing too. You Have know? you never been 14? Yeah. Like yeah. really, not have you ever been an adult embarrassed at your 14 year old self, but have you been an adult? And maybe this is the difference. You have to be a little older to look back and go, oh, I get what it was. Your feelings are so intense. And yeah. to say yep. that doesn't count because you're all so young and you don't have a lot of life experience. 
Yep. It's a little stupid. Yep. And now, now, again, to your previous point about what isn't isn't useful. If they'd said, "Well, these kids are fourteen. They don't because they lack the life experience, the feelings and emotions they're experiencing with each other shine disproportionately brightly in the sky." But even if that was granted, that doesn't invalidate the story. Yeah, yeah no, like, you know, it, 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 it's also, it's like they're in love because the story says they are. That's what Shakespeare wrote it as. It, yeah. It's it's not like the, the, the camera ever pulled back and Shakespeare walked down and was just like, so listen, I understand that they're 14 years old. But yeah. uh, <laughs> the other thing is like that a story exists in a time and a place. Yeah. And there, yep. there are things that we take from that story now that you know, maybe are missing, right? And so maybe it's not a story about sort of the intensity of young love and the the over over uh, abundance of emotion you have at that age, and and the power of that you know intensity when it's not as weird a thing. Although my understanding is it was still a very weird thing, and it was a comment on like Italians. But yeah. nevertheless, Fair right? Like Verona. What's the? I, I, it's I mean, I feel like it's one of those, ugh, I don't know. Like, I really like Connie Willis, right? I really mm. like her Oxford Time Traveler series. And in particular, in the Doomsday book, there is a character that that they want to get a hold of, but he's gone off on vacation in the north of Scotland and nobody can get a hold of him. And so things are busted. And if this guy was there, it would be fine. But she wrote this before cell phones. And so people will read this and be like, nobody has a cell phone. And it's like, you know what? At some point, you just kind of like look at the copyright date and suspend your disbelief. Yeah, mm. nobody has cell phones because there are no cell phones. And you can go, la, 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 something happened and all the cell phones got destroyed. But you need yeah. to understand what the place that it exists. And that's a very tiny version of that. Um, but ugh, I'm so annoyed at that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I, oh, sorry. No, please go ahead. Well, what I was gonna say is we're we're, we're getting towards the, the the end of the episode, and I and I did want to throw this uh, one other one out here of the you know purposefully improving thing is that I know one of the things that I did when I was like okay I'm sitting down I'm becoming uh, I, I'm taking this seriously this is what I want to do this is I, I want to get better at this is uh, I listened to some podcasts <laughs> and uh, and I I watched uh, YouTube videos of like panels from conventions that uh, people had put up of authors talking about uh, different areas of their craft and how they do things and whatnot and they, again like what BD was saying that earlier is like no one has the answer but I also wasn't going into those videos being like oh this is the one this is the one where they're gonna tell me <laughs> uh i i hope nobody out there listening is expecting that every episode please don't put that pressure on us um <laughs> i reject it because you put it on me i'm spitting hot fire you can't hear it that's not my problem you know what i mean no i agree and that was aaron that made that point i simply agreed oh, with it sorry um but uh but, but yeah yeah go yeah what i i think it's like saying the problem with that, the problem with saying this is the way you do this is I don't know that I can think of literally anything that I'm like, this is the way yeah. you do it. it anything. You know what I mean? Like I'm, lit I'm literally looking around the room and like how you make a thing, how you uh, get, get, but uh, like you, you, you can. Some things have best practices, yeah. you know. Like there, I think there I think, are some it, it, baking recipes where if you <laughs> fuss with it too much, it's not gonna work. Well, 
but then they all should be exactly the same. And that is not what we're going for here. It, yeah. well, that, and I mean, you know, Aristotle was on to something where the story has a beginning, middle, and end, you know, like, okay, yeah. you know, you know, that, that come roughly in that order. But there's that Netflix show that's on right now that you can watch out of order, you know, then Memento yep. tried to kind of toss that around. Um, you know, the, a, a relatively linear existence, I guess, is, is fairly consistent. But, you know, there's, I would, I would say, like, you know, point to me the person that can show you the way to play the trumpet. Just the yeah. trumpet. They you can, know what yeah, I mean? Show you a way, a, to, a, a way to play the trumpet. A yeah. way, you know yeah. what I mean? You, you this push makes this sound, and this makes that notes. sound. Yeah, exactly. Like, so breathe like this, you know what I mean? And then Dizzy yeah. Gillespie comes along, and it's like, well, what if I didn't breathe like that? You know? Yeah. So... Well, no, yeah. like, like there's yeah. even like, you know, like I, I could sit here and say, like, this is how you form a sentence. But at the same time, you break that rule anytime you freaking want. <laughs> and I think this is the thing for all of this. Like, there are things that you have to do until you don't. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. You have to you probably have to learn how to blow in a trumpet in the standard way. You have to learn yeah. which buttons do which thing. But once you learn that stuff, you learn how to wield these things like tools, right? Yep. yep. Like it might be that if I want to make a Swiss meringue buttercream, I need to follow that recipe very closely and get all my temperatures exactly correct. But once I know how to do that, maybe I put a spin on it. Maybe I do something a little different. Yeah. Right? And like, and that's the thing you're working towards, right? I Once you get those basics down, you can start to go, how do I take those basics and make them work for me? I would also say there's a lot of like Swedish grandmas out there that probably like come at it a few different ways though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, but to the other side of that though, we can all agree that there are some things that make a Swiss buttercream a Swiss buttercream. Mm -hmm. And when you're like, I put hot dogs in it, you're like, well, now that's a different thing. <laughs> that's not this thing anymore. Oh you know? my God. So, Part of me yeah. is like, I wonder if anybody's ever tried to make hot dog flavored buttercream. Uh, based oh, on I'm our a... friend Lauren Urban's horrific uh, culinary <laughs> expeditions with macaroni and cheese flavored uh, candy canes and Caesar salad flavored candy canes, oh, someone the, on the internet has done it. The year before last, uh, we also tried uh, uh, turkey dinner flavored uh, candy corn. I know, and you shouldn't have. I tried to disgusting. warn you all, and nobody, nobody believed me. I tried to. It, it was, was a I, funny night at the bar, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> the, um, oh, goodness. I think I lost what I was saying. A long day yeah it's been a long day it's been a long but, day uh, a it's also words. been uh, a, a fairly long episode and i uh okay, i think sure. it's about time well, we, we stop start talking well, well let me say let me say <laughs> this last yep, thing go just, ahead. just thoughts. be intentional about your desire to improve it won't happen yes. by chance yes finish this aaron the thing i was going to say is one of the things about going and listening to people say here's how i do it is you see how they take those tools and they wield them to their purposes. And it may show you ways you want to do it. Mm -hmm. So when you get to the point where you're diving in and you're reading these books or you're taking these classes or you're doing this analysis or whatever, you are also like considering these tools for your own toolbox. And so that's why we say like, if it doesn't if it doesn't really suit you, you don't have to follow it. And basically any book on writing you can possibly find out there, there will be parts where you're like, whoa, ah, that is useful. That is interesting. And there will be parts where you're like, that's some hot bullshit. That makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's 
you know, it's not, it's fundamentally, it is just someone talking about themselves. Even mm-hmm. this whole podcast in a lot of ways is just us talking about ourselves. <laughs> but hopefully you're like, maybe it's also talking about me because, you know, there's a lot of overlap here. Yep. This is me co-signing everything that Aaron says about Aaron also. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is a great place to wrap up this episode. Friends, where can people find you? What awesome things are you working on? You can find me on Twitter at Aaron M. Evans uh, because I have not successfully bounced to anything else. And I'm not going to try uh, for at least a little while. You can pick up my book, Empire of Exiles, a pseudo-locked room fantasy mystery. Uh, mystery, pseudo-locked room mystery fantasy that's probably a better way to say it uh wherever fine books are sold and you can join me on mondays uh like i said before our twitch.tv slash dungeon scrawlers for concentration check if you are curious about pomodoro method uh that's a great place to check it out we have fun little little things we do in between them i've quite been enjoying it i'm about to go do at least one or two more before bed here afterwards. Uh, B. Dave Walters, I say words about things. Uh, you can find me all over the interwebs uh, at B. Dave Walters. Uh, again, my writing course is pinned at the top of my Twitter at B. Dave Walters. 14-day uh, writer, I say, I oh, will cut five years off of your process of becoming a better writer. So there you go. Take a look. Enjoy. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Trevor. There's an A hiding in there. And just a little plug here for right now. Uh, we just started season seven of uh, Champion Psychology. So uh, twitch.tv. Did you just games. say season seven? Season seven. Because we, we, we do 10 episodes and then we take uh, about two weeks off and then uh, come back to it. Uh, and sometimes the breaks have been a little bit okay. longer. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're just we're just doing little sprints of them. But, yeah, we're, we just uh, started our seventh season on uh, twitch.tv. So I've games on Tuesdays at noon. So if uh, you want some mental health talking, check that out. Uh, but that is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support is by leaving a review on your podcast service of choice and telling your friends about the show. Uh, if you'd like to send in your questions, uh, comments, or topic suggestions, or anything like that, you can send those into writingaboutdragonsandshit at gmail.com. And if you'd like to keep up to date on the show, you can follow us on Twitter at About Dragons. But until next week, go write about some dragons and shit. Mm-hmm.